0: Hi everyone, I'm Nada, Nada Rothbart. I live here in the beautiful town of Sonoma, California, and I love it. My hope with this podcast is to introduce you to what it's like to live and work in Sonoma by sharing the personal experiences of notable personalities from our community. As a global real estate advisor with Engel & Polkers, I am fortunate to assist national and global buyers coming to Sonoma. Welcome to my podcast, Sonoma Voices. Eddie Thornton, welcome to another episode of Sonoma Voices.
1: Hello, thank you for having me, not. I'm glad to be here.
0: Oh, such a pleasure. Well, if I get to introduce Eddie, if I get to introduce you, I would, I would probably need an hour. But what first comes to mind is Eddie. You are a published author of this book, stolen. When I say the word "stolen" and look at this book and touch the book, I have goosebumps all over my body. Trust me, this is the only book I've ever read that has a disclaimer. Uh, would you like to tell me how, how did you decide to write the book a little bit something about the disclaimer
1: well the yes. when I first got into art school I went from uh, having a inner city uh childhood and upbringing and uh, had the opportunity to go to art school which is a private school in downtown Chicago most of the kids there were from the suburbs <clears throat> and um the more I got to know them, the more we had conversations. They found out about my background. And the conversation that kept coming up was, why are you not dead or in jail? They would ask me. So I would tell the story and I'd tell it again. And, you know, the more people they meet, the, the more people wanted to know. And after several dozen times of telling the story, I thought, well, there seems to be people who are interested in either my background or the process that I went through for my life and life changes that I should probably write this down maybe somebody would find it interesting so yeah so that was the the root of the decision to write the book
0: I can only assume but I want to ask you while you were writing the book was it hard emotionally because we are talking about the hard upbringing upbringing and an abuse that you went through was it hard and therapy for you? How did it feel?
1: That's that's a great point. Yes, it was hard and it was therapy. Um, the difficulty in it, you know, trauma likes to bury itself. So reconnecting with some of the violent events of my, uh, often childhood, took a lot of work. And um, so the process of going back in my mind into those times and those places and those events was was very traumatic, not as traumatic as being there, but very traumatic. So there are some stories that I could only work on for small periods of time. Um, have to, you know, write a few sentences and take a break and come back the next day and write a few more sentences. Um, other, you know, some of the stories that were funny were obviously easier to, to, go through and, and less, <laughs> less re-traumatizing, I should say. Um, but the therapy is, in, in the writing of those passages, again, like I mentioned, trauma tends to bury things. And the rewriting of some of those things, in the process of going through my history and uncovering them, I also uncovered the way I felt at the time. Because at the time, you're just trying to survive it, right? You're not thinking about, oh, this makes me feel terrified or I think I'm going to die or anything like that. You're th- just thinking about how do, how do I get out of here alive? So, and then after you get out, you're just relieved that you're not there anymore. So you're, again, you're not processing any kind of emotional um, work there. So years later in the process of writing it, uncovering these emotions and experiencing them and allowing myself to experience them and then deal with them to process them was a, a, a really cathartic um, process
0: i am sure it was <clears throat> i was holding this book stolen stories from a violent childhood so that's what's stolen your childhood yes i <laughs> this book in your style of writing brought every emotion out of me including physically shaking mm. laughing smiling through tears mm. crying shaking i wanted to know more i wanted to uh, read this in one afternoon not possible it's a pretty thick book i didn't let it down until i finished the book i read some some testimonials on um, on amazon other people experienced the same thing who do i, I know you said uh, a lot of people are interested who do you think this book is for
1: uh you know it, when i was writing it i was just trying to think about how what i would want to hear and what i would want to read so i was trying to just make it make it as truthful and as interesting as i could and as far as an audience i wasn't thinking about an audience in particular but um i've found that People who've gone through abuse have have enjoyed reading it. Um, people who've gone through violence in their backgrounds have enjoyed reading it. Uh, people with kids who are going through difficulties um, behavioral orders uh, behavioral issues have told me that they've read it and gave it to their their kids their high school uh, children so it's it doesn't seem to have found one particular niche more than anyone else because. You know, people who've never experienced the type of things I've gone through have told me they found it interesting reading too. So, yeah, so long story short, I didn't have a particular audience other than um, the people that I had been speaking with and the people who had found my story interesting. I was just It was just a continuation of that. For
0: me, it's more fascinating than interesting. I would want this to be less painful for you. Mm. Uh, you want to hear how I felt. As uh, as far as I remember, the abuse started when you were three years old. I, You're right. Three,
1: three four. Oh,
0: so you don't even well, have...
1: Te- technically, uh, you could say it started at the age of two when my father was murdered. So, yeah. And then four is when my uh, mother remarried to the, my stepfather who was the most abusive person?
0: Well, I personally wanted to hug the two-year-old Eddie and a 10-year-old, an 18-year-old, and um, uh, I, 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 as a mother, I wanted to protect you from what you were going through, obviously not possible in real life, but you and I talked about this many times, and I promise you it's not going, it's not the last time right now, because it's really? fascinating to me, you. and you mentioned last time, when I asked you who Made the biggest difference in your life, so you are not dead. Uh, maybe some luck, but also there must be someone—a teacher, a coach, someone in your environment—that that caused you to turn the life, uh, life around and be who you are today.
1: It remember, was
0: remember that was. teacher that said, um, "Look around you in the classroom."
1: Um, it was a series of people and things that, that helped me turn my life around. Um, part of it is me, was me making decisions where I would find myself at a, uh, a crossroads of some sort and there'd be an event happening. And in my head, I knew that this was an important point, you know, whether I go left or go right here would be a big deal, even, even as a kid, um, and then there were people who, I've been pretty lucky in that my life, throughout my life, I've managed to learn to take lessons from other people's failures, I should say. Um, I would see people make decisions that didn't turn out well, and I would you know, use that as a lesson. Say, you know, do, do not do what that person just did. Um, so there were, there were the, the, those decisions along the way, but uh, ultimately, My mother, you know, flawed human being, even though she married this abusive person and she stayed in that abusive relationship for a decade of my childhood, she was still a good person. A lot of people who've had good lives tend to think that, you know, bad things happen to bad people and if they weren't bad, they wouldn't be in those situations, but, you know, bad things can happen to anybody at any time. So she, you know, while she didn't make the best choices, she still was... A good person, you know, she went to her job every day. She never cheated anybody out of anything, so she was kind of uh, uh, the exact opposite of my stepfather in a lot of ways. So I got to see that. My sister, uh, she's five years older than me, and even though we went through the same abuse, she she retreated into her studies and into school, whereas I retreated into the streets and into violence. So. Seeing her go to school every day, get good grades, all the teachers loved her while all my teachers hated me. So seeing that you know, she and I were both in the same gene pool, so I knew it was theoretically possible for me to have that experience. I didn't know how to do it when I was young, but seeing her being such a, a, a success as, as a human being was, was a good uh, guidepost. And then also a sunday school teacher i had when when we were i was very young i think i was maybe eight and um it was a german immigrant couple uh mr john and greta forster and they Mm -hmm. taught at the uh the the people's church in uh, uptown chicago and mr forrester always said well let me set this up the church was predominantly white immigrants and there are a few you know brown kids such as myself that were always like the you know the rejected stepchildren you know nobody wanted us there they always so sit down be quiet shut up and you know just mad at us for no reason but here's Mr. Forrester who was like them he was older he was an immigrant um, he was not a person of color but he was the most loving human being uh, that I had encountered because we didn't get hugs in our family or kisses or anything like that no warm words but he just was accepting of whatever we got into you know us acting out as children and breaking toys and getting into fights he never once had a bad word and he always exemplified his favorite saying is god is love and he just exemplified that so you know here's a human being that was living in the same circumstance well the same neighborhood that we were living in but he wasn't reflecting that anger and that violence that that so many people were so it was nice having them in our lives that you could see that there was another way for human beings to live that was yeah he was a big role model
0: I remember reading your book uh you said that uh your rowing teacher in um in college taught you about teamwork they were probably around uh, uh, down the road in at schools and colleges and throughout your life, Mm. people that influenced you like that. Remember that person in the school in Chicago that says, look around you, Mm. look around you, who you're with. So it's your choice. Are you remember that story?
1: Uh, You know, I think you might be referring to the, the, police uh officer that arrested me um yes that too. Uh, okay yeah so um myself and some friends were were out at a uh, sears department store and uh that had a uh there were a couple of a white friends with me and then there was myself and my my friends they were going through the, the little cafe area in the store and they were just just being hooligans they were throwing paper cups at each other they were taking the ketchup packets and you know pour- And then um, they were shooting, uh, they would take the straws, ball up the paper, and we're shooting spitballs at each other. And so they're just running wild. And, you know, and I was, I was early teens, but I still remember saying, okay, this is going to go nowhere, (laughs) nowhere good. So I removed myself from them. So I I backed away and um, I kept them in eyesight, but I was just browsing, just walking around, looking through the shelves, just trying to not get caught up in their craziness. And then I notice a security guard staring at me. So of course, you know, I ignore him for a while. and I'm just walking up and down the rows and he follows me row by row, just mad dogging me the whole time. So now I'm pissed because this guy's, you know, staring at me and being a jerk. And my friends are over there doing whatever craziness they want to. And he's completely ignoring them and he's just fixated on me. And you could hear him shouting and screaming and knocking things over, but he's still paying attention to me, not to them. Anyway, so finally <clears throat> we all, they leave the store, I leave the store. And then the guy starts calling me names as I'm walking out of the store. So of course I'll start calling him names. Long story short, we get into a fight, his friend comes out. So I'm fighting, I'm this little, you know, maybe 15, 16 year old, and I'm fighting these two big security guards. And unfortunately they win. And, um, and uh, the guy, they wound up handcuffing me uh, over a, uh, steam pipe in the basement of a store and they just left me hanging there for probably about an hour until the police came. So the police came, they took me, put me in the back of the padded wagon and gave me one of those rough rides through alleys and over potholes and hitting the brakes and going around corners fast. And so I'm handcuffed to the back, bouncing around the interior of this thing, get to the police station. Uh, finally, there's a detective that was going to do all my paperwork and um, after being handcuffed to the bench there for like another hour or so. He brings me to another room, sits me at his desk, and he starts taking my my information, my name and all that. And then he stops and he says, so why, you know, why were you doing what you were doing? I said, I wasn't doing anything. He says, well, you're obviously here, so you're doing something. I said, no, I was literally not doing anything. And then um, he asked me what happened. I told him the story. And he said he said well i believe you he said but unfortunately a it's your word against the the security guards and there's two of them and b he said look at the guys you're hanging around with he says and the quote that i always remember is he said if you hang around with shit you smell like shit and at the same time i was mad at him for referring to my friends as shit (laughs) but he wasn't wrong because you know you know, another the way of saying it is I've heard people say, if you hang with dogs, you get fleas, right? That kind of thing. So guilt by association is what I learned. And um, if I'm hanging out with friends that are doing, you know, questionable things, then that makes me a part of questionable stuff. So that planted the seed in my head that I needed to yeah. rethink my uh, life choices as far as friends and associates goes.
0: Yeah. When... uh <clears throat> When you finish reading a book, you would want to say, I enjoyed reading a book. Mm -hmm. I I can't, I, I loved your, your style of writing. It's a conversational style. Mm -hmm. If you are reading Stolen, you feel you are part of your gang, meaning Mm -hmm. friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What I am impressed the most is who you are right now. Mm -hmm from uh, how you started your life being abused two years old. I am so impressed. Uh, You have done so many different things. We don't have time right now. You will definitely come back to talk about other things, acting, social media marketing, this and that, many things I don't even know about. You're writing new books. You are a phenomenal friend. And you live here in Sonoma. Tell me about how do you enjoy Sonoma. What do you do when you're not at work?
1: It, Sonoma is such a beautiful city. Um, the uh, the it, it it does a good job of just being itself. You know, it doesn't try hard to be San Francisco or New York or Chicago or anything like that. It's Sonoma, Sonoma, it's very unique in that way, and um, it's quaint and small and relatively quiet which is which is nice um it's uh it's still the fact that i've i've worked here 5 years but i've only lived here a little over a 1 year oh so it's still a lot that i'm i'm getting to getting to know so yeah i, I like to explore you know we'll we'll go to different places and visit different places and Cruising down and saying, "Oh, that's a neat shop. I haven't been in there and dropped in." But um, I spend a lot of time writing, so I'm either at the library or Pete's or you know Sweet Peas or one of one of the coffee shops. It's it's just nice to get out and write somewhere different. So, yeah, a lot of spend a lot of time bicycling. Um, try to get that in maybe three four times we're, a week.
0: We're talking mo- motorcycle, right?
1: No, no, actually, this bicycle, yeah, the... um, Okay, what
0: happened with your motorcycle?
1: Oh, still have a motorcycle, yeah, I haven't (laughs) haven't heard that as much in the cold, uh, (laughs) cold mornings to work these days, so, yeah.
0: Of course, we're being spoiled. We actually have rain today in uh, February, whoa. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Have you ever gone hiking? That's what I do. Hiking, Montini Overlook
1: Trail. Yeah, the Overlook Trail is beautiful. I've done that. Um, bikes so Things. There's so many, so many things to do as far as if you like outdoor activities. There's so much biking. There's, uh, there's road biking. There's mountain biking. There's hiking, and you know miles and miles of trails. So yeah, and then of course you know the motorcycle is it's perfect place for motorcycling because you know just just outside of town you have twisties and it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm not a fan of long straight highways. I need some turns, some hills.
0: Oh, no, I'm sure you need some excitement. Like you didn't have enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, such a pleasure! Uh, always a pleasure seeing you and chatting with you. Thank
1: you. But I wanted to mention um, when you showed the cover of the book and um, you read the title, "Stolen." And referring to stolen childhood, but also those shoes on the cover were stolen. And that was a story that's in the book, but that's also one of the stories that you and I connected on. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, we have several uh, stories that we uh, we have similar stories. Uh, I actually had a dream. I don't know if I told you. I never had the guts to tell you. I dream things. Mm-hmm. Dream marketing about marketing about my my business, one night I I truly had a dream, Eddie, Mm. Uh, because we have similar stories and we come from two different places in in this globe, Mm. two cultures, two countries, two everything completely different. Just imagine as an actor, uh, the the stage, real stage in, in a theater. So you are on one side of the stage, I'm on the other. While you're telling your story from early childhood, I am quiet with very little light on and very little movement, almost no, um, no reaction. Maybe sometimes I would nod or be sad or happy. And then we switch. I tell my story, for instance, about my shoes and then you are, you are dark and um, <clears throat> quiet. At the end, I am not sure how we would we how we how would meet. At mm. the end, it's a theater, of course, mm. how we would meet in this life, as we did meet in some, in Sonoma. Mm. And uh, I saw this uh, two people with a hard um, history and um, um, don't let me cry. Not cool. <laughs> it's and okay. trauma. Pretty much to just uh meet and hug and stay mm-hmm. in the middle of the, the stage with no words.
1: That Let's could be poignant.
0: Do Let's do or, this.
1: Or or we, have, we have the beginning the beginning with one story and the and then the other story, and then in the middle we talk about uh recovery about healing and about how those stories changed us
0: yes that was thing. I knew you were a
1: genius (laughs) hey it was your idea so
0: let's do this we have a local theater here I don't know if they need us but
1: it could be a fun project to work on so
0: yes okay promise all right (laughs) oh my god I love you uh, virtual hug, Eddie. Thank right. you so much for this conversation. Uh, hope to see you soon and let's do this again and let's do our project. Don't tell anyone. They keep me secret. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Sonoma Voices. We hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. If you want to know more about our beautiful Sonoma, please email me at nrothbart at yahoo.com. And remember to follow the podcast to keep updated when we release new exciting voices.